Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. What about love that you give other people? Most of the time you've already decided in your heart without knowing their story, without hearing, without knowing what's coming from you. Take one look at them and you've already decided. He got himself in that own mess. Consequence. See ya. You know, I think that there's so many times you do that to people and I don't even think you realize it. I don't realize it, how much I didn't show people grace. We hope you find this message encouraging. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll say it too. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Such an honor and privilege to be a church and be a family together. We're glad you're all here this morning. Um, It's Mother's Day, and we're in church. The Bible uses the analogy of a shepherd all the time to make so many strong points about God and how he cares for us, how he loves us. And if there's anything to describe a mother and how she cares for her family, it's shepherding. Is that correct? So this morning, we're going to talk about God and how much he loves us and the way he loves us. And um, I've got uh, great news. I'm not going to be doing most of the speaking this morning. But one of my best friends for a long time now, Sharice Campbell, is here. And she's going to come talk with us this morning. Let's give her a big hand as she comes up. So happy to have you this morning. I've got Sharice on the orange mic. Good morning. How is everybody? Good, good. Okay, I'm just going to start out with this. I teach kids, so just bear with me. Normally, I'm with the children, so I'm not used to speaking in front of adults. So just tuck that back there while we're talking. So anyway, we that, can That wasn't on. a shot at Bobby Corley, was it? No. Okay. Yeah, Check no it. heckling, please, Dad. Just if you could bear Refrain. <laughs> okay, so um, this morning, when Zach asked me to speak, um, we kind of started talking about the Mother's Day service and what was that? What was it going to look like? Where were we going to go with it? And um, this super popular song, "Reckless Love," um, has come out recently, and it was just like if anybody shows that type of love in a human form, it's typically a mother. Um. And so I just started praying about, like, what does that even look like to talk about on a Sunday morning, you know, where you can bring everybody in with it. So um, I first started off with a definition, so we're just going to go with that. So what does reckless mean? In the Webster's Dictionary, it says it's marked by a lack of proper caution. It implies a willingness to accept risk. It's fearlessness in courting danger. It's a lack of forethought. It suggests a recklessness that is inconsistent with good sense. Doesn't sound like a great word, does it? I no. mean, that's pretty kind of a negative connotation. You right. usually hear like reckless endangerment or son, you're being so reckless. You know, that's normally like the connotation that you get from the word reckless. But if you think about that in terms of love, it actually makes perfect sense when you think about God because he... His love for us is so grand that there's no thought in it. He he doesn't have to weigh the risk. He doesn't have to put caution out there. He just loves us no matter what. Um, And so that's what we want to talk about this morning. Absolutely. And you bring up the song, Reckless Love. It's been very popular. And some people have kind of a problem with the song. Like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's be respectful of God here. It is the love that God has, and I know we're going to get into this in a minute. It's not saying that God is reckless. 
God very carefully and cautiously made a plan. And Jesus came and spent 33 years being sinless so that he could die sinlessly. It's not, that's not reckless. But the concept behind sending the Prince of Heaven to pay for my sins is reckless. But that's God's economy. I mean, I love you guys, but I wouldn't be like, hey, Nash, there's these sinners out there. If you could go die for them, that'd be great. I'd be like, uh, no. Right. Y'all made a bad choice. Exactly. That ain't my son's fault. You know, exactly. mama bear coming out. Exactly. Um, so anyways, in the song, it talks about, you know, Christ leaving the 99 to find that one lost sheep. And, um, and I think that part of it, when you think about reckless, is that's the part that, that God just shows that he didn't care. It wasn't, it wasn't about, he could have very well said, you know what, these 99 sheep, they got it all together. I'm just going to stay with them. They're doing what I told them to do. That one sheep, you got yourself in the own mess. You figure out how to get it out. You know, you laid your own bed. I mean, you made your own bed. Now you're going to lay in it. That kind of thing. But God doesn't do that. And I think the greatest example of that is in Psalms 23. I think David paints a great picture of his relationship with the Lord. So it's a pretty popular passage. But if y'all want to turn to Psalms 23... Um, David says, the Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along wrong paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And that is like six verses, and I feel like you hear it a lot in your life. If if you grew up in church, you hear it a lot. You hear it at funerals. You hear it, and I feel like you've heard it so many times, it becomes redundant until you're where David was. And he came to a point in his life where he was like, my soul dependence is on the Lord Mm. because he loves me so much. And I don't think that our human brains can comprehend what that love even looks like. Um, You don't know it until you experience it. And David experienced what that love was. Every step that he took, every place that he went, even in his darkest valley, he knew that the Lord was with him. Why? because the Lord loved him, you know? And I feel like as a mom, I know that there's times my kids probably make a decision, and Lord help me in the future. Y'all just pray for me. There will be decisions, probably more so in the future, that will um, test that like, probably more than the love part, but that you start to think, like, what is my kid doing? Like, I didn't raise you to be this way. And, you know, David never had that with the Lord, He knew that no matter what he went through, that the Lord was going to be right there with him. So I think that you can look at people in your life that you think, oh, it's super easy to love this person. Oh, it's easy to love my kids. It's easy to love my husband. It's easy to love my mom. Look at all the things that she does for me. But what about the people that aren't easy to love? Can I get an amen? That is hard. That's where, like, the hard part comes in, you know? Right. Is loving those people that you don't want Absolutely. to love. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And here we are talking about God loving us. We're kind of like those people. I think it's so interesting that David chose, when he wrote this beautiful poem, that like you just said, it's the first thing you hear 
in your life, and it's a lot of times the last thing you hear as you fade into death. David was a shepherd boy. Then David was a warrior and a general. Then David was a king. Then he decided to describe the way God takes care of him. God is a king. God is a mighty warrior, and he chose to describe that shepherd. So here we are back to the heart of God and how he feels about each of us. And I think that's part of the reason that that scripture is so beautiful. Yeah, because David understood he was a shepherd himself. That was his livelihood. So he knew the characteristics of a sheep. And, you know, God, it did make sense. It was that reckless love to leave that 99, you know, and I think that's why it made sense to David in his head is because that's where, he's, that's where his relationship with the Lord started is when he was a shepherd. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So that's God. That's his love for us. Right. But it doesn't end there. Does God has a command there. for us. Is that right? Yes, he has a command for us. And there's no loophole, guys. We're going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, if you want to turn to Luke 10, 25, I'm going to kind of set this up for you. Um, Jesus was out talking to the people like he always does. And obviously there was always the religious leaders, you know, kind of in the back, like looking at him, like, let's make sure he says it exactly like he's supposed to. Cause they were the ones that were a little leery. And so in Luke 10, it says one day an expert in religious law, like a lawyer stood up to Jesus to test him. I don't think in a mean way, but just to test the Lord And he said, teacher, what should I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And so Jesus, in true Jesus fashion, answered his question with a question. And he said, well, what does the law say? And how do you read it? So it wasn't like, do you know how to read? Jesus was saying, how do you interpret? You know what the law is. Tell me what the law says. And then how do you interpret that? So the, law, so the man said, of course I know the law. It says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus said, perfect. That's the law. Now go do it. And so the lawyer says, well, wait, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Tricky. Trying to find a loophole. Don't we all try to find a yes. loophole in the rules? Yes. You know, the rules are made to be broken kind of thing. So the lawyer was thinking, I can relate to the lawyer. Because he's thinking in his head, Jesus, you know there's people out there I can't love. So, so who is my neighbor? Who are the people that I, that I have to love? And who are the people that I don't have to love? And Jesus was like, all right, let me tell you a parable. So he doesn't just answer the question, you know. And he goes into the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we've all heard, or most of us have heard, the parable in the Good Samaritan. So he says, there was a man who was traveling, and he got robbed and beaten. He was left on the side of the road. And, you know, a scribe came by and was like, yeah, passed him by. You know, another man came by, yeah, passed him by. And he's just laying there on the side of the road. Like, no one is going to help this man. And Jesus says, but then a Good Samaritan came by. Which, in that time, you can go back and do the history. If Philip were up here preaching, he would give you all the history. But right. That's, I'm not good at that. He's better than that. Um, and so if you go back, the fact that Jesus uses Samaritan was pretty important in the story for the crowd that he was talking to. And, um, and he says, and the good Samaritan stopped and helped the man. And not only did he help him, he brought him to an inn and he paid for it. And he, 
he did all these things. And he said, hey, you stay here until he's well taken care of. If he spends any more money, I will bring the money back to you. I mean, he went above and beyond. And what good was it for the Good Samaritan? What benefit was it? Did the Good Samaritan get anything out of it? No. No. And so Jesus said, that's the law, is to love. We don't even know what, we don't know the details of this man, why he was, we know he ran into some robbers, but why? Was he out there sinning? Was he gambling and owed somebody money? Was he gambling and he got a bunch of money and so somebody robbed him? Had he been in the bar drinking all night? And he was stumbling across the road and he was an easy target? We, we don't know. We don't know what got the man on the side of the road. But did the good Samaritan ask? Did he go, hey, I know you can barely breathe and you're about to die, but what got you here? Right. Okay, right. yeah, now I'll love you. Right. Or Nope, consequence, you got yourself there. You know, and I can relate to the lawyer because anybody who has spent like two seconds with me, maybe 20, might take 20 to get there, um, knows that I'm like a tell it like it is. You know, people come to me and say, hey, Sharice, how does this look? And I'm like, better on the hanger. You know, that's my personality. So, you know, not always a Hashtag good thing. Hashtag savage. I, exactly. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. You know, and usually if I, you know, I've kind of learned, my family do not comment. I've learned a little bit to keep my mouth shut sometimes. Hush it. For the most, for sometimes. I didn't say all the time. I'm not, I haven't arrived. But if I don't say it, usually my face does. I'm working on it. So I've got that part down, but I'm trying, you know. And so I had some friends for a while that we had mutual friends or people in the church or whoever that I would just be like, oh, hashtag consequence. Every time something happened in their life, they're like, trees, get that tattooed on your arm. I mean, you say it all the time. And I'm like, gosh, that's so rude. That's not even what Jesus is talking about in this, right. in this scripture. Right. He's not saying... You can pick and choose. So he was telling the lawyer that everybody is your neighbor. And I mandate in the law for you to love them regardless if you want to or not. You might not like them. You might not like what they're doing. But you have to love them. That's right. Yeah. And what kind of love is it that you would expend, that you would take time out of your business trip, that you would take your own money to put the guy up? But that's nothing compared to Jesus' sacrifice that he made for us. So when we see that love that God has for us, to put somebody up in a hotel for a couple of nights is a natural, easy thing. Yeah. But what I love about this story is that Jesus specifically named three characters. We all know the Samaritan, right? Which, in this day and age, in this culture, it would be like uh, the picture I saw on Facebook yesterday of uh, an African-American man and his daughter had a flat tire and a guy with a Confederate flag tattooed on his arm and a Confederate flag shirt with the sleeves cut off stopped and helped him change the tire. And the little girl posted this and said, oh, my goodness. You know, that's a, that's a perfect illustration of a good Samaritan yes. in this day and age because the Jews... Had nothing to do with the Samaritans, right? Had nothing to do with those guys. But the other two, church guys. It was like the praise and worship leader and the church secretary were walking down the road. And the worship leader's like, I know that guy needs help, but I got choir practice, y'all. And I'm serving the Lord. So he used those specific characters for a reason. None of us are exempt. We're all going to be put in those situations in our lives where we can show that kind of love that we talked about a minute ago of God to others. And he expects it because why? Because he loves them the same way he loves us. And they deserve the same opportunity that we've all been given. And I don't, I think like Zach's saying, I don't think it's always like a conscious decision. And I don't even know that it was for them to, to just pass him on the road. They might not have even been looking. Busy doing the Lord's work. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I got I to gotta go make these flowers for the church. I ain't got time to stop and help you. I got to get ready for Mother's Day. You know, so right. I can like totally relate to the lawyer. Right. And like my hands are just too busy. I just, I, I just don't have time to love everybody. Somebody else will do it. Absolutely. And I wish I could, I mean, I wish the Lord put that in there. Like, no, it's okay. Somebody else will do it. You don't have to. <laughs> right. No, but he did. So, God loves us in an right. amazing type of love. God expects us to love others. Yes. Where does that come together? I'm glad you asked. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, you know, when I, we could go into, I could, I could have preached like 10 sermons when Zach and I were talking about this. It's like, dude, we got to pick three points. You know, you can't like <laughs> go down a million tunnels, you know. But the Bible talks about love like, Philip, you maybe could know, like off the top of your head, but like countless times. In my head, it's like countless. And so it's pretty important. So there was just a lot that I could have pulled from. Um, but I think the issue comes down to your heart. Where is your heart? Where is, where are you spending your time? What is your focus on? Where do you get so wrapped up in, um, your own personal life or doing ministry? And, you know, I've been in church my whole life and in ministry in one point or the other, since I was like, what mom 10, like I was out feeding the homeless mom and dad would just drop me off at the church and be like, okay, somebody watch her. She's going to feed the inner city kids, you know? And so, I mean, I've been in and out just busy doing the Lord's work. And it sounds great, but then sometimes your own family or people right there next to you or someone in your church, you just easily can look them over because your hands are so full just doing all these things. Um, You know, and I think Jesus, for him, when you read the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, and, you know, love is patient and love is kind, and you go through all those qualities that love is, Jesus didn't just possess those qualities. It was part of his characteristic. It was who he was. It was was just natural for him to love that way. And is it natural for you? Because it's not for me. Absolutely. And, I mean, some people it is. They're just sweet, and they're loving, and they're giving. And you know that when you see them, they're going to have a smile, and they're going to give you a hug. And most of the time, people don't look at me and think that. <laughs> I know. Sounds, <laughs> and I know that. I know that about myself. Like, sometimes I'm just like, got to go. I'm busy. You know, i got to run. I'm do-, you know, and I just get so wrapped up in all these things that I'm doing. And in um, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 Paul is kind of talking to the church, and he's telling them, like, don't lose your momentum. Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good job. And he's going on and on to write to them about this. And in Second Corinthians 9, 7, I'm going to read for the Amplified on this one. Um, he, he goes to tell them, and he says, Let each one of you give thoughtfully with purpose, just as he has desired in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and delights in the ones whose heart is in his gift. And I think a lot of people tie that back to tithe and, like, right. monetary, monetary giving in the yeah. church. They say, oh, you've already decided in your heart what you're going to give, you know, that Sunday. Or what your 10% tithe is. I'm not going above it. This is, this is all I'm going to give. Hmm. And you've already decided that in your heart. But what about love that you give other people? Mm. Most of the time you've already decided in your heart without knowing their story, without hearing without knowing what's coming from you, take wow. one look at them. Wow. And you've already decided. They already looked at that man and had decided. Yeah. I don't have time. I'm too busy. Or he got himself in that own mess. Consequence. See ya. I'm not helping you. 
You know, I think that there's so many times you do that to people, and I don't even think you realize it. I don't realize it. I didn't even realize I said consequence that much until my friends were like, Trees, tattoo it on your arm. Just mm-hmm. wave it around. Like, we're hearing it all the time, you know? And I don't think I even realized how much I didn't show people grace. And so I'm not standing up here. Well, I'm not standing, first of all. I'm sitting. But I'm not sitting up here saying, I figured this out. <laughs> like, I'm saying, I'm, I've been there, and I, I still am. Got a lot of work to do. Um, on loving people. And I think there have been times in my life when people go, Sharice, how did you forgive that person so easily? Like, how are you over it? Like, how did you just, oh, and it was no big deal. And I can always go back and look at the time when I'm most loving and I'm most forgiving is when I've spent time with Jesus. And not just that day and not just that week, but it's been a relationship where it's day in and day out. I'm I'm worshiping him, and I'm reading his word, and I'm, I'm focused on him, and then I can start to love people like he loves people. But when I get busy doing his work, and I don't have time to do my Bible study, I don't have time to read the Bible, I don't have time to pray, and I come up with all these things that I'm doing, then it's real easy for me to just handle people and shuffle them in and out than actually to sit down and listen and hear where they're coming from or hear what's wrong with them or, you know, I have a lady at work and she is weird as all get out. It's all the only way I can describe her. I know that sounds horrible. Is it Piper? And it's, it's not Piper. (laughs) Just kidding. It is. I'm just kidding. Um, and I can get real right. And Piper can, she really, she's probably saying amen with her hands raised right now. Um, and I can get real wrapped up in the day to day of things that I can see wrong with her and not sit down and listen to her. And just because she's weird and different doesn't mean she doesn't need somebody to love her, you know. And I can find all these faults in her, like, oh, she can't do her job right. Oh, she gets on my nerves. Oh, why is she here? You know, those kind of things. And then sometimes I just sit down and listen to her, and I'm like, oh, you're, that's sad. <laughs> let, me pray. let me pray. I'm going to pray for you, you know, that kind of thing. And I think it's easy for me, I don't know about you, and I hope I'm not the only one in this room alone, like just preaching to myself, and it's okay if I am, but that can just start handling people, you know, and you just shuffle them in and out, you know, like just a revolving door. Okay, give you hope. See you. Okay, next, you know, without really like investing in people. And people don't come to know the love of Jesus, and people don't become redeemed. People don't get their lives right with the Lord. People don't get invested in the church and invested in what you're doing if there's not a relationship there. That's right. And the, the first relationship starts with your relationship with Jesus. That's right. Where is it? Where is your relationship with Jesus? How much time do you spend with him? Because at the end of the day, am I going to get to heaven and the Lord be like, Sharice, boom, you knocked that to-do list out. Yeah, right. I'm proud of right. you. Like, you just got ten rhinestones. I don't even get jewels. I get rhinestones for my to-do list. Like, no. no I mean, I wish it was that way because, man, I'd have a big old crown. I mean, <laughs> y'all know I like to get busy. I mean, even last night, Aaron's like, we got to do Mother's Day tonight because tomorrow you're going to be around here like a hummingbird. And I'm not even going to, the kids aren't even going to be able to say Happy Mother's Day because you're going to be buzzing all over the place because you got <laughs> stuff to do, you know. Busy, and busy. I think so often we all can be like that and not pay attention to the people around us. And I think that's not what the Lord would want, you know? That's right. That's right. And if the Lord 
if the Lord came to die for the people who would deserve to die for, there would have been no death on the cross. That's right. There would have been no reason for him to come. And I think we put a stipulation on, I'll love you because you're going to love me back. And you'll put a perimeter on it, and you won't have a reckless love for people. And, you know, part of that recklessness, it talks about, um, you know, some synonyms for it. Or it's audacious, and it's bold, and it's wild, and it's daring, and it's careless, and it's thoughtless. And you go, well, I don't want my love to be careless. I do. Yeah. I don't want you to have to think about it. Just love me. I mean, you know, I don't, and I think that that, when it comes to love, I think it is the perfect word. I think reckless is the perfect word to love people. It's without caution. It's without abandon. You just love that person no matter what they're going through. And so I challenge you, just find somebody in your life, in the church or wherever it is, to just love them right where they are and help bring them back. Because I can tell you there's a mom out there who has a kid who's going through something, and she feels like she's the only person who loves them. So be there for that mom. Or be there for that wife or that husband who has somebody who's so far gone, they don't know what to do with them. Or be there for that neighbor that you just do your little, hey, how's it going? I'm not a good neighbor either. Man, right. i got to study this some more. <laughs> um, you know, that's just not doing the, hi, how's it going? but that you actually get involved in their life. Because we can all come to church on Sunday, and we can all worship Jesus, and we can all give our tithe and write our check, and then go to our job Monday through Friday. And what did you really do? You came to church for yourself. So I just challenge you to think about that. And it's stuff that I've been thinking about since I've been studying on this. Like, at the end of my life, can I look back and say I really made a difference for somebody because of the way that I loved them? Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah, give her a hand. Give them another big hand clap. Zach and Cherise. Good service this morning. Well, this is Mother's Day, and we're talking about reckless love, and uh, the Bible's very, very clear that I think Jesus had a reckless love. The fact is, tells us that, uh, says here is how the love of God is expressed. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us and gave himself for us while we were still sinners. Awfully easy to love somebody when they're doing what you want, acting like you want. But it tells us that he loved us enough that he loved us even when we weren't doing what we were supposed to do. And that's how big the love of God is. Fact is, even God, when he created man or woman, he put separate experiences for each one of those. And there's no scripture in the Bible that says, as a father loves, so does God love you. There is a scripture that says, as a mom loves, so does the Lord love you. Moms couldn't be created without having the attributes of God in them. And sometimes they're a little more forgiving, a little more loving, and a little more reckless. And since we're using that term, with their love. They love beyond the, uh, beyond the ordinary and beyond sometimes what us dads can do. fact is, I think the quintessential illustration 
of a mom's love is here comes Jesus. It's the last days that he's going to be here on earth. And he, he goes to the hill looking down on Jerusalem. And he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I have longed to call you as my children, as a mother hen would call her chicks. I read a story one time that really, really affected me. It's one that's indelibly written in the back of my mind. It was about a guy who was a volunteer firefighter, especially wildfire. And so sometimes he'd get called on and he'd go out, especially out west when they have these wildfires and stuff. And he says, I got called out and he said, we'd been out for two weeks. And he said, we'd been fighting fire just left and right. And he said, finally, he said, I'm on a crew that's going out after the fire had passed through and we're putting out hot spots. And, you know, he said there might be a tree here that was on fire. We had tanks of water out and just out in the middle of nowhere. And they'd wet it down, try to put the fire out. And he said, I came up on this one tree and it was smoking right at the bottom. And he said, I get up there and it's a prairie chicken on fire. So it's just burning. And the tree's burning and he said, there's this, this prairie chicken backed up against the stump of this tree. Like where the, you know how the roots kind of come out and there's a crevice in there. So that chicken's up there like that and said his wings are burnt down to stubs. He said, it was the creepiest thing I have ever seen in my life. And he said, so I'm spraying the tree down. He said, look at that chicken two or three times. And he said, finally, it's just so creepy. He said, I can't stand it. And he said, I'm just going to topple it over where it wouldn't be looking at me. And he said, whenever I kicked it and toppled it over, here came out all the chicks. And I don't think there's a better representation of a mother's love and no better representation of the love of God.